Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Firestarter. Directed by Keith Thomas, Firestarter is the science fiction thriller film based on a novel of the same name by Stephen King. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched Firestarter yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Firestarter is a remake of the 1984 film adaption of the same name, which uh, was starred Drew Barrymore. This one has Zac Efron and Ryan Kiera Armstrong. Luke, you have the plot. For more than a decade, parents Andy and Vicky have been on the run, desperate to hide their daughter Charlie from a shadowy federal agency that wants to harness her unprecedented gift for creating fire into a weapon of mass destruction. Andy has taught Charlie how to diffuse her power, which is triggered by anger or pain. But as Charlie turns 11, the fire becomes harder and harder to control. After an incident reveals the family's location, a mysterious operative is deployed to hunt down the family and seize Charlie once and for all. Charlie has other plans, which may involve fire. <laughs> and a little bit of uh, a little bit of telekinesis as well. Why not throw that all out there? Now, I think we always have to. Anytime something's based on a book or a comic or or whatnot, we have to ask this question: Have you read the novel? Uh, no, I okay. haven't. <laughs> okay, good, good. Me neither. Have you watched the nineteen eighty four film? No, I haven't. Okay, but me I do neither. know. <laughs> I I I knew already that Drew Barrymore was in that film. I think, you know, the two of us, we are approaching this if, as if it's a new thing. Right, <laughs> which is, I mean, it is often good to have different perspectives, but I guess we are coming at it in the same thing. We haven't read the book. We haven't watched the, the um, 84 movie. So I mean, to be fair, though, to be fair, we don't need to. It's it's as no, if no, we've no, like no. turned up. I know it sounds like we've turned up for an exam and we've not revised. Like this, <laughs> this is a movie that stands on its own merits. I did look into the '84 film again. I knew Drew Barrymore was in it, but nothing more than that, other than you know the Stephen King connection. What I did find though, John Carpenter, who did the music for this film was set to direct the original film back in 84, but was replaced when his previous film, The Thing, in 82, failed at the box office. Of course, The Thing went on to be a cult classic. He would instead direct another Stephen King adaption, Christine, which he did in 83. That's the one with the car, yeah? The, uh, the killer car. That is the one. That is yeah. the one. And I've mentioned John Carpenter early, Connection to the 84 movie, and I want to say this his score, and I'm saying this early, is the best thing about this film 100%. I agree completely. This score he did is it for great. it, really is. He did it for Halloween, he composed it with his son. They're here again. This is another Blumhouse movie, and there's times where my attention was starting to waver and I was like, oh, okay, this, this is what the movie is. Again, but... not knowing until watching this movie, but every now and then that 
that music, yeah, the that, score. That's the thing. You're like, uh, like, I guess we we could just say that. Like, I mean, I was getting to a, I got to a point in the movie where I was like, okay, I don't like this movie, but damn, the score! <laughs> like, oh, the score the is score is incredible. Keeps me, keeps me going. I mean, there, there's some. Got to be honest. There's some flavors of Halloween yeah. in there, not to the point where it sounds like Halloween, but you can tell. You know, it's like okay, this is. John Carpenter and I'm oh, you can those, always tell. Yeah, I'm getting those Halloween vibes, but it's its own thing, and it sounds great. Like uh, a, a, an atmospheric energy of it, it. It's amazing how something can just be. I think I think the music is elevating everything to a point that makes this movie watchable. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But it's a shame that it's wasted on on something that is is not that great. Well, what I was going to say before, like the, the thing going into this movie, and I knew I was going to struggle with this. Young girls in harm. I've got two daughters, and it's always a hard watch, and that's oh, and that's what's okay. driving. This movie, so I knew going in that I would come up against things that I'd have a hard time with. Like you've got, you know, a parent in Zac Efron, his wife, she's in it for a little bit, but, you know, unfortunately, Charlie's powers are out of control. Her mum dies. So it's, I mean, Zac Efron in this, he's fine. You know, he's not doing anything bad in this. I mean, he was always going to take his top off at some point, wasn't he? And he does early on <laughs> in the movie. I'm, I'm, be I'm so like... glad I had to just check and go, did, did he? Like, I have no memory <laughs> of that. Cool. Honestly, it's like when you did Baywatch, it's sort of like, is it too good a shape? And is it in, good? Yes, but in this horror film, like, I don't know, I just found it oh, right. as a, a distracting. As just like, you know, an average run-of-the-mill kind of like, Dad, why does why is he so chiseled? <laughs> like, what's the deal? He's just like he's such great shape, and you know, you know, it's great. Like you know, he can keep in good shape. You know, it's great. okay, it's good. It's puts good. a lot of it puts a lot of work in it. But yeah, but playing this like dad who's on the run, moving town to town, I just don't think he'd have time to spend all that time on his physique. But everyone is in this. He's trying to protect his daughter. He's got powers and abilities. So I, I'm curious, and I know we don't know. If this is the sto- the original story and what was in the eighty four movie, or if they've added to it, like I was definitely getting X Files vibes, like Case of the Week. Oh yeah, okay, okay, interesting. I feel like you, I feel like you've come at a, a, a very interesting uh, angle. Number one for like the the X Files sort of look, but then also the like the the girls in peril. So just to address that, it's like I feel like her character like charlie was never in any peril at any point during this movie even when her powers might have been out of control or something she was never herself in danger it was like more people around her or property or bathroom stalls um i guess i can see the like sort of like the case of the week type thing like this is a this is an isolated thing and you know Next week there'll be something new that we can we can look at, but I I struggled to kind of gauge what genre this movie number one actually was, but also like what was it trying to be? You know, like you, you look at the you know the marketing for this movie. Okay, Stephen King. Um, you know, there's 
it presents itself as a horror, but then I feel like well, it's not though, is it? It's no, more it's, thriller. No, it's yeah. It, it, I mean, the thriller part is because of you know, like the families on the run, they're being hunted down. But then there's also like this very heavy science fiction element to it. It's like where it's hinted at, like you know, the the powers from the parents were due to like you know, like experiments and things like that when they were in college. So there's sort of like a mythology there that never kind of gets addressed or, you know, like delivered on. It's just sort of hinted at. And again, maybe if maybe there's more to it in the book or maybe there's none. Maybe that's not even it. Like you said, I feel like the, the science fiction elements of it kind of waned, like kind of made it seem really silly. But then there's like a there is a dramatic drama side to the to the movie where it's like, the dynamic of the family, the girl sort of struggling with, you know, the, I guess, like the, the powers, the demon inside of her, can she control it? Um, the fact that, like, there's this secret, they're on the run. I liked moments with her sort of dealing with that, you know, at school, and then, you know, the sort of the dialogue between her and her dad and, like, having those discussions, you know, the moment where she hurts her mother you know, like burns her arms. It's like, oh, okay, this is okay. This is problematic. We've got some issues here, though. This is going to be a problem for this family. But then, when it sort of turns into like this, we're on the run, being hunted. There's this guy. She could kill him in like two seconds if she wanted to, but he has a sniper, so I guess he has a sniper rifle. So I guess that's a problem. It becomes it becomes a little bit hooky. Like they're in this lab. They're in this like secret bunker place. There's things going on. There's like the the characters within this facility uh, coming across as like mad scientists, supervillain type kind of beings. It be I don't know. It became pretty. It became pretty silly. So that's where I'm standing. I'm like, what was this movie? I'm not really sure. Yeah, you you're right. The the family dynamics are interesting. We should say so. Playing Charlie, we've got. Ryan Kira Armstrong, she's great. Like she is really good in this. And there's some genuine moments between Charlie and her dad, Andy, that you can see that there's a bond there. And you know, the you know, they they are, you know, father, daughter, but they're also pushed together because they've got this secret and they need to be on the one. It is awful the way that the mum dies, and and then when it's when Charlie mentions to her dad, like it should have been you. I meant it to be you. It's like, oh wow! Like, like obviously, shit. accidentally took out took out the moment. And it said, isn't it, early on in the movie? And Andy goes, "I would never push my daughter. I would never use my power on her." And in that moment, my thought went, "He absolutely will." And he did. <laughs> he did. That's you know, basically turned into a killing I mean- machine towards the end. But he did it. He did it to save her. Like he did it to. He did. Came from a good place. And he but when he said he wasn't going to do it, doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the type of movie that he it said it had to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. clearly going to happen. You mentioned the guy that you know that she the could guy. have taken out. <laughs> the guy. You're talking about John Rainbird, played by. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his surname. Michael Gray's Grayers. Really liked him in this. I've got to be honest, I've seen him in a few things. Um, most notably, he's one of the main actors in the show 
Rutherford Falls with Ed Helms. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. That's a comedy, but he's really good in that, and he's got a menacing presence in this. And you've said, you know, Charlie does kill her dad by, you know, trying to get out of the 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 facility, but John Rainbird he takes her in. Yeah, that was interesting. There's a there's but interesting, then, but then things. the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, well, that's it. Was it? There's interesting things in this, but. I don't know whether it's because it did feel like case of the week X Files. I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, just out of curiosity, I think I might actually watch the Drew Barrymore one just to see if it is the same story. It seems. It seems like they have just at a guess. Like they would have changed it because it does fit more in with X Men that kind of thing. You know what? You know maybe. Like, do her parents have powers also in the 84 movie, the original book? Hmm. I don't know. It just seems like this movie is fitting in with other films that are currently out or have been released in the recent years. I mean, look, it would be good if we did know this stuff so that we can actually have the correct context of it. But, I mean, again, like, we are just reviewing this, this film as it is, and what's presented you know to what, us though, is... If young people that have seen this advertised and it's been sold as a horror film are going to be very disappointed if they, well, if they go and watch it at the cinema. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if... And again, look, I'm, I'm all for being surprised and being like, oh, that actually wasn't a horror movie, but then I got this instead. But then what... I get instead I would like that to be good still <laughs> so I'm not disappointed in the fact that it wasn't a horror film I'm just disappointed in the fact that you know this this sci-fi thriller that we ended up getting you know with sort of some superhuman elements to it just actually wasn't that that good um but look yeah look the the fact that like again we we get hints of I guess the mythology behind everything that's going on like the the parents were experimented on in college like they volunteered for this thing they've got powers and you can you know that it's sort of that's why she's now got them because like she also had she's it's not just the the fire powers but it's the it's the telekinesis as well so it's like it's kind of a blend of her folks but then new powers are developed and then like Kurtwood Smith is in this movie for like a short moment always good to see him kind of wish there was more of him he's there to sort of just deliver a bit of a little bit of context but then nothing really happens with it and i feel like that's what this movie does a bit sort of like hey here's a bit or here's a hint at what's happening but it doesn't really deliver on much and then as things are going it sort of just kind of glosses over things and then we just get to the end point and we're like okay we're here now she's gonna lose her shit fires everywhere um She's using her mind powers. It's like, okay, cool. This is nuts. This is very exciting. And then the movie's done. Like it's very quick. It's it's um I mean, what would you well, say? That, is. It's, that end sequence. It's about 90 is, minutes. But that end sequence is what, maybe like a five-minute thing in total. Yeah, it wraps up very quickly, but again, it is a 90-minute movie. You know, I was curious and um I was listening, but I was also just having a look to see what the plot is of the 84 movie. It's exactly the same. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. I'm glad somebody 
parents <laughs> have been experimented on. They've got telekinesis. She's got pyrokinesis. Yeah, it's the same. It's all mind. It's all mind stuff, which is good. She's not growing extra limbs or anything or flying. Although, <laughs> maybe she could. But look, that, that, the thing. And I mean, what do you think of the what do you think of the special effects in terms of like the fire? I mean, it's a it's a tough one. I thought it was fine. I, I did. I, you know what? I could I mean, have put this... money on the fact that you would say fine. I was like, he's gonna say it's fine because that's what it was. <laughs> It was fine. It was fine. But re- remember, though, I mean, it, it's Blumhouse, isn't it? I mean, That's obviously, right. Blumhouse now is different to what they were when they first started, but they make things on a small budget. And of course, they've had a lot of success. They're doing TV and film. They did the recent Halloween films. So they do put, you know, good movies together. It was, again, it was, it was fine. I just think. You know the you know the comparisons to X Files. I think it would have been a better forty-five minute episode of X Files than a ninety-minute movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, you mentioned like the comparisons to X Men as well. Lots of X, lots of Xs in this in this um, in this movie. <laughs> but like the the scene where they're at the you know they're at that guy's farm. I don't know what's that guy's name. Um, Irv, that Irv's farm, and you know, like the, the cops rock up, all those cars. I was like dead set. I was like, oh man, they're gonna do, they're gonna do like X Men Two right here. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do like <laughs> that's right. Is gonna walk out and just like start blowing police cars up, and then no, she just runs away. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right. But you know I, what though, I wouldn't I'm have been glad, mad. I would have been you... mad. <laughs> no, but I'm glad that you mentioned Irv though because. You know, he was coming across as a bit of a shady character. And then when Charlie found his wife and it came across a little bit like she was just being kept there and maybe Irv is up something, but then it was revealed that it was an accident. He was driving. And then Charlie's able to relay that she forgives him. Ah, there's some, there's some okay moments in The here. thing with that, it's like, okay, that, that all, like that sounds on paper, that sounds very touching and it's like, yeah, wow, cool. And it's because of her power. So it's like what the point of that should all be is that, hey, look, you can actually use the, these powers for, for good. There's a gift here. You can actually help someone and, you know, that there is a good side to it. But because it's it's so rapid fire and it's glossed over like nothing, there's no development with this character. It's moving so quickly I don't think the impact is there and like enough. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't land. At least it didn't land with me anyway. It's like, I could see the point of what they were doing, but then I wasn't feeling the point of it. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah. Like she talks to her off screen. We don't see that happening. She just comes out of the room, says that, yeah, she forgives you. And then they're on their way. I'm like, okay. It's like, I don't know. I know it's a 90 minute film. There's a lot of stuff going on, but and that's what I was going to say. Also it's really, going to come back to that runtime. Yeah, there's really not that much actually, actually happening. You know, like, but look, I don't know. I feel like we should have had more time with them. I think this it would have just been better with them just dealing with her powers. You know, like at the school, trying to live a normal life and not have it so much be about them being on the run. And then 
at that facility. And by the time they're at that facility, it's already time to pack up and and go home. Like it's, eh, I don't know. And do you know what? It's also reminding me now, even though obviously this came first, but that X-Men TV show, The Gifted, you know, with oh, the yeah. family. On the run. <laughs> on the run <laughs> with abilities. Yeah. But again, five-star to come first. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, on that, I don't think there's much more for me to say. Have you got anything else you wanted to throw out there? No, I think we've covered it. All right. Let's, uh, let's rate this. <laughs> Did this did this movie spark for you or not? I don't know. I was trying to think of a fire pun. You know, it was just the whole thing was just fine. It was <laughs> again stuff. the character of Charlie, the actress. I mean, we're not getting a bad performance from Zac Efron here. You know, his character. Each, each time he's using his ability, you know, his eyes are bleeding. It's taking something from him. So you do get there's a little bit of stakes in here. But outside of, for the most part, outside of Carpenter's score, there was nothing that was really holding my attention here. And, I mean, that score is definitely worth factoring into the rating but the film itself i mean this is something i will never go back and watch this again <laughs> i i'm gonna come in at a two out of five yep yep the score is really good it's really good and i remember pointing that out multiple times and being like, damn this score it's so good look there's some nice moments i'll say it again what zach efron and um uh what uh, Ryan, uh, what's her name, is doing is is pretty decent. It's not anything necessarily bad with what they're doing in terms of their performance. I, I the better parts of this movie is when you've got the Charlie character and she's struggling and dealing with what is happening to me. How do I control it? I've got to make sure I don't get emotional. Oh no, I've caused this incident. Like we're in a we're in a pickle now. You know the the like the bathroom scene or. You know, you know, like the confrontation, like with the with the parents and and all that. Like, they're good moments there. I want more of that because it set this up for like, okay, cool. Like, we could really get into that. That's where this movie thrives. All the weird sci-fi. Suddenly, it's like, oh, this is a sci-fi movie. Then this again, there's a premise that is not delivered on in terms of oh, not a premise. There's a there's a whole backstory that we just don't get anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just there for the sake of adding context but again it doesn't really i don't know the movie's a fizzle it's a fizzle but i'm going to come in uh same as you a two out of five as well for this one okay you basically did steal my trivia so i haven't got anything of that much quality but i still wanted to bring something to the table um but look, it was more interesting to go back to where this all began. And I thought this was a nice little, nice little fact. The, um, in the novel, Charlie, uh, Stephen King's um, description of Charlie McGee was actually modelled on his daughter, Naomi. That's it. That's my trivia because you took all the John Carpenter stuff out. So I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with that. And yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> all right. 
but also John Carpenter almost directed the original. So, yeah, well, I didn't mean to steal your trivia. That's okay. I thought you went in there. <laughs> it was you worth mentioning earlier. All good. Um, but look, that's it for our review of Firestarter. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and be sure to check out our next review, Top Gun Maverick. I mean, just those two titles there, it's one of those moments when you're like, what year is it? We're talking <laughs> Rescue Rangers and Top Gun. I love it. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>